Welcome to the Fem Powered Podcast. I'm Julieta Durante, menstrual cycle nutritionist and hormone whisperer. And I'm Nat Martin, menstrual cycle coach with a passion for all things premenstrual and periods. This is a podcast to help you navigate the world using the menstrual cycle as your compass and guide. We'll be chatting to industry leaders and women who inspire us on everything from money to sexuality, business to hormone health. Honestly, the list is endless because the menstrual cycle shows up literally everywhere. But let's be honest, we live in a world that wasn't built for and doesn't value the menstrual cycle. We are here to change that. We're here to help you learn new things about your cycle and inspire you to bring them into your life so that you can show up in a way that honors your natural rhythms and enhances your inner power. It's time to stop feeling guilty about being inconsistent and struggling with your cycle. So if you're ready to unpack its gifts, let's dive in. Welcome to a new episode of the Femme Powered Podcast. I'm Nat, I'm here with my lovely Julietta and the delicious Katie Moore. So Katie marries the dirty with the divine, I love that, um, <laughs> and she educates and empowers vulva owners from across the world to come home to their bodies, reclaim the power of soulful sexuality. Her mission is to break the rules, which we also love, Spill the tabuti, love that too, and rewrite societal norms around sexuality so that you can unapologetically live an embodied, empowered, and erotic life. Welcome to the Vampowered Podcast, Katie. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. When I hear it, I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> that is definitely one of the best bios I've ever heard. I absolutely every word there, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want more we want more we want more <laughs> so so happy to have you here um on on the podcast with us I know that you and Julietta have um a bit of a history of, of knowing each other and, and working together and I've been following you for a while so it's lovely to to be in real life across zoom with you so we like to start our podcast with a little cycle check-in so would you be willing to share where you're at in your cycle and how you're feeling today yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, being in this space with you two powerhouses, I'm just like, yes, bring it. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, so today I'm on day 11, so I'm ovulating. I, oh, I'm feeling grounded and I have this little hum of sort of like excitable energy. There's, there's lots going on in my personal life and being here. But also I do tend to have a little bit of anxiety during my ovulation. It can be quite intense for me at times. Um, and I had a little bit of bleeding as well, which I haven't had in the last couple of months, but previous to that I had as well. So my body's definitely moving through big transitions. So I'm just, yeah, listening, listening to her and responding and nurturing her in whatever way that she needs. Oh, thank you. What a gorgeous check-in. Listening to her. Yes. Mm. I love that. Mm. Julietta, what about you? Where are you at? Uh, day you 20 doing? for me. 
it's a bit of it's a funny one there is like definitely this inner autumn kind of transition and there's the getting shit done so this weekend I finally sorted out my wardrobe which is why I'm actually wearing a nice jumper not rubbish that was on top of the file of the pile I'm like yeah finally I've sorted my shit out it like I just looked at it all and I was like I'm gonna do it and I just like within an hour and a half I did it all my husband's like bloody hell you're on fire I'm like yeah it's in autumn you know we need to make the most of this clearing energy but then there's this, like this this underlying conflict like I, I oscillate between getting shit done and wanting to throw everything away like throwing burning everything down a little bit pissed off I think I shared with you over the weekend didn't I now I sent you this voice note even though you were traveling I was like I need to share this with someone I don't I'm in a really funny mood today I keep on going up and down and I'm in a good mood and then I'm in a bad mood and I'm restless and I'm this and it's that that transition right it's not always comfortable being in this space um and yeah there's probably like hormones shifting quite a lot there's a complicated dance at this time of the month and I can feel that pull you know I can feel that progesterone and then all of a sudden I think estrogen does a little peaky thing and I'm all over the place so yeah sort of like just yeah I don't really know exactly what the word is but it's it's mixed and it's it's a bit conflicted it's good one minute and angry the next but I'm embracing it all and laughing at it all to be honest with you I think that's the best way to describe it and just sort of going okay I recognize why I'm feeling like this and that's cool you know that's good so yeah transitioning definitely I'm hoping the next few days things will just calm down and if they don't I will just carry on laughing at myself <laughs> not with with myself <laughs> those crossover days they can be a bit a bit turbulent can't they yeah so yeah. yeah thank you for sending I I am on day 45 today <laughs> and I feel I feel really excited um my uncut program starts tomorrow and it's it's more one person more to go and then it's full and that feels really exciting and I feel I still feel neutral. <laughs> so weird. I'm like, give me back the waves. I still feel neutral. Mm. A little bit of of like, there's some. I don't know if they're quite cramps or twinges. I don't know what they are. So that's it's a little a feeling of kind of um, like the very first time I felt my womb speak to me. Those kind of little like tingles and like, oh, you know, it's it's not quite pleasurable, but it's not quite not it's very odd um and I think in my energy I just feel very neutral which is um kind of feels a bit like being back on the pill mm. in that way where you're just like everything's fine mm -hmm. like it's all good but mm. you know having been through that like getting to know the ups and the downs and the waves and like as you were speaking about your day 20 Julia I was like oh day 20 that was always like my I've arrived in my premenstruum yes mm. that kind of just like focused energy shit can get done now like yeah I'm a little bit like I remember that <laughs> I don't want it anytime soon but it's um the neutrality feels a bit strange so yeah I love it we're all in very different phases which is um which is always interesting for a good conversation I feel so Katie for anybody who doesn't know you how did you get to do what you're doing like, what's your story? I, I always, I'm a bit nosy like that. I love to hear like how people get to where they got to. Yeah, I would love to know a little bit around like, who is Katie Moore and how did she end up being this amazing powerhouse who is just like oozing juiciness from every pore? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> really? I mean, it began, it began a long, long time ago, but the real pivotal moment was in 2019. And 
I was at a yoga retreat in Spain and I was watching the sunrise and I just had this feeling. I was like, okay, this time next year, I am going to be a yoga teacher. I'm going to be you know, following my heart rather than doing what I feel like I should be doing. So at the time I was running a property company on the Isle of Wight. And by the terms of you know success, societal success, I took it over when I was 23. I um, quadrupled it in four years. I ran it and I single-handedly ran over a hundred properties. You know, people talk in the coaching industry about 10K months. I was making 40, 50 grand months. Like it was, it was very, very different to what I do now. I was also on the pill at the time. And I had been on the pill since I was, I'd say 13 years old. So I was on the pill for over half of my life. But I just had this inner knowing, this like, okay, things are going to change. And I wasn't sure how or why, but I felt like I was actually really ready for it. And when I got back, I just felt my womb was trying to talk to me, was trying to connect with me. And I didn't know why. And I just thought, I've really got to go to the doctor and just get a checkup and just find out what's going on. Perhaps it's just me perhaps it's just you know logical perhaps it's just whatever but I just need to know and it was incredible because I went to the doctor and I went privately because going on the NHS at the time it was just going to take months if not over a year and they did a blood test and they all came back pretty much normal but blood test being normal by the doctors <laughs> is not always necessarily normal or healthy, I should say, for the individual. And then I had a scan and they found a six centimeter cyst on my left ovary surrounded by four centimeter cysts. And they said that I had a small bit of endometriosis and that I needed to have surgery. And because of this, potentially my fertility would be affected, which was actually a huge shock because it was like, holy shit, I knew this. I, my body was telling me something wasn't right mm -hmm. and I listened and it wasn't. And it was this moment of like, whoa, that's incredible. So in that moment, when I was sat there in the doctor's surgery and he told me all of this, I just had this moment where it just like dropped so deeply into my body, like, holy fuck, my life is about to dramatically change because I knew in that split second that the long-term relationship that I was in was not right for me. I knew that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life with him, that he was not the one that I wanted to have children with. I knew that living on a tiny island off of England was just not my dharma. That was not what I was supposed to do. It didn't light me up. Yeah, and I just got into the car and my partner hugged me and I just cried and I was like, holy shit, like things are about to change forever. And they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. It was, it was incredible. I came off the pill and that was the first thing that I did, um, which for me was the hands down the best thing that I ever did in my life for my body talking about this journey. Maybe not. Actually, no, probably actually probably overall one of the best things I've ever done in my life will stop because it just makes me being in my cyclical nature being in flow with my rhythm is just the most 
incredible feeling like incredible even though there are so many highs and so many lows living in that way oh that it's just you know we talk about feminine empowerment right and it tends to be strutting around in underwear and yoni de-armoring and self-pleasure and yeah that's totally great but like fucking feminine empowerment is learning your body getting to know your cycle eating like in in relation to that exercising in relation to that working in relation to that having sex in relation to that right like that is real empowerment mm. oh getting chills <laughs> <laughs> my nipples went hard I was like yes <laughs> love it <laughs> we really need um, to put this up on youtube by the way we haven't posted any on youtube but i think we need to get the videos up as well especially for this episode <laughs> and this is actually a little bit see-through so hopefully no one can see them um <laughs> so i came off the pill and i ended my relationship and i started to put the wheels in motion to step away from my business it was at a point where i either needed to take somebody on or i needed to sell it so that was just kind of in my in the background of what was going on. And then I had my surgery in almost exactly three years ago now. It was supposed to be a 40-minute procedure, you know, in our very quick, painless, easy recovery, three-day recovery. And when they went in, they found the um, ovarian cyst and then the endometriosis was on both my wounds, my wounds, my ovaries, my womb, the lining of my womb and my bladder. So it was what was supposed to be a 40 minute procedure was actually in over two and a half hours. It was, yeah, intense, really intense. I mean, I remember waking up the next day. I remember, I remember coming out of surgery being like, I feel fucking great. My mom was like, are you, are you okay? I was like, I feel great. I don't know why it's got like, I was on so many drugs. I, I remember like putting on the music in the car on the way home and like singing along. But the next day, holy shit, I literally felt like I'd been hit by a bus. Like the, it was so invasive. There was there was so much. I removed so much. Even now, three years later, like I I can I very rarely can go a whole night without needing to go to the bathroom for a wee because my blood is still not recovered, even though I've you know done so much healing around this. Um <clears throat> so yeah, it took me, it took me months, even now, like I said, it's not fully fully technically healed I guess to where it was before but I am it just sparked something within me it just like I can't say exactly what but it was just like holy shit how can it be that you know one in ten women experience you know endometriosis and that we're told to you know go on the pill or take painkillers or have surgery. And the work that I have done since, I've worked also with Julieta and many other things, but the work that I've done since, I've actually been able to almost eradicate my endo symptoms, like on my own. Yes, it's taken time. Yes, it's been trial and error. Yes, it changes because I am forever changing. So what once worked for me now doesn't work for me or vice versa. But it is so liberating to really come to a place where like you are your greatest teacher you are your greatest healer right so so knowing that but we're not giving that we're not giving this 
in, we're not giving the information to make empowered and authentic and sovereign choices for our own bodies. And it's all okay pointing the blame at doctors and things like that. But it's also like, but they don't really know. They're not being educated. So it's like so many of us are being failed by this. And then there's education at school and things like that. There's so much to unravel. And I feel like getting angry about it is this beautiful way of like fueling your feminine fire, but it's also about taking aligned action to like, okay, that happened, but what am I gonna do now? What decisions, what choices am I gonna make for my body to reclaim my body, to reclaim like my who I am as for me, a woman? How am I gonna do that? How am I gonna live in accordance to my cyclical nature? So um, with my nutrition, acupuncture, and uh, Julieta has been amazing. Really, honestly, we did Dutch tests and all these incredible things. And I've been able to regulate my cycles uh, 28 days, 26 to 28 days. They are four days. They're light, medium, medium, light. I have almost no pain compared to where I was before. And I was literally crying on the bathroom floor, almost needing to go to hospital. I was in so much debilitating pain every single month. So yeah, I mean, it actually is so beautiful to reminisce because three years isn't actually that long when you, when you think about it, but it just feels like a different lifetime ago. But it's for me, coming off the pill was definitely a catalyst to where I am now. And yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> oh, I love that. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Like that's a real, a real journey to kind of, um, you know, go from just what see, sometimes we think we don't, we can almost forget like how, how clever our bodies are. And, you know, to go from this moment of being in Spain on yoga retreat and having like this internal feeling of my womb trying to talk to me like how many of us would miss that or ignore it or downplay it as like you know something stupid don't be silly like my womb doesn't talk to me you know and and then continue living in this way that's like out of alignment and you know and 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 missing the opportunity to have something as huge as endo diagnosed you know it can take mm. years for so many people so yeah, I really love listening to to your story and just how you've kind of trusted that inner knowing. Yeah, it's crazy because <clears throat> for most of my life, I up until that point, I had been totally disconnected from my body. Like I was completely numb in my vagina. I had no sensation whatsoever. And that also stems from sexual trauma when I was younger um, when I was 14 I had two separate occasions where I experienced sexual trauma and I believe that a lot of um, the healing that I've had to do around endo I, I was diagnosed with cervical dysplasia I had um, part of my cervix removed which is just when I think about it now it makes me really fucking angry actually because you're not given an, a choice with your body it's like this is the only option that you have but when you start to connect with your cervix you really start to gain like 
freedom in your self-expression, like both inside and outside the bedroom. Like it's incredible, this connection that we have to our bodies and how they are weaved throughout all of life, you know, not just from sexuality, but, you know, spirituality within our businesses, with the way in which we relate. But when you start to tap into specifically the cervix, it's like you are able to tap into and embody the most, the realest and rawest parts of yourself, you know, and I just, I wish I could go back now and, and hold myself in those moments and be like, there is another option. There is another option. When I was there and I was had my legs in stirrups and I was absolutely terrified and they were going to burn part of my cervix. So for anyone that's listening, I'm sure you, you potentially you already know this anyway, but this is part of the work that I do, is that the cervix is, is deep inside the vagina and it's, it's a little donut shape. So if you press the finger on the tip of your nose, it kind of feels a little bit like that. And the cervix is the gatekeeper between your vagina and your womb space. And this is the part of you that is linked to your self-expression and really allows you to let go into your wild and primal nature. And I completely understand not everybody has a cervix due to whatever reason that might be. But even if you don't physically own a cervix, you can still connect with this energy here. And it, if for folks who do have a cervix, it can be located in uh, diff at different times and different places uh, within you. So different times of your cycle. And, oh my goodness, I just love this conversation. There's so much I want to say. I'm trying to get it all out. <laughs> so <clears throat> I always encourage everybody, everybody to look at your vulva. Like, look at it in the mirror. How many times have you looked at your vulva in the mirror? How many times have you actually seen your cervix? Because depending on where it is, sometimes you can actually see your cervix. It's incredible. And I always encourage you to explore yourself using your hands. It can be really gentle. It can be really soft. It can be loving. It can be nurturing. You know, due to the fact that using your hands, it really creates this skin-on-skin -skin connection. And that's really what we want. So my, my invitation to you is to always approach all of your vulva, all of your body, but especially your cervix with care and awareness. Like less is more, always. And when your cervix invites you to, you can of course, you know, massage and touch and play deeper. But, and this is where Yoni Dearmoring comes into, which is, something that I love to, to teach people and to hold people. And it's such a beautiful and powerful healing, healing space, really. And this work is really a journey of self-discovery, of getting to know yourself, your raw, your primal, your authentic, your untamed self. And for most of us, we have been tamed by the constructs of society. We've been, you know, put into boxes, we've been told to be pleasant and pretty, we've had expectations shoved down our throats and we've had to swallow them with a smile. And we've been shamed if we allow our emotions to run freely, told that we're crazy, that we're out of control, that we're too much. And the cervix really asks you to break free from the restraints of this, to reclaim these untamed and untapped parts of yourself and to not give a fuck 
<laughs> what anybody thinks also like this is like inner autumn energy right it's the wild woman and there are so many places in life where you know you and I probably well I definitely have been you know subdued or suppressed in this life and previous right and it's also something that we can do to please our partners we can put their experience their egos and their pleasure over our own and faking orgasms can unfortunately is quite a normal thing. I did a poll recently and it was like over 70% of people still fake an orgasm with their partner. But the noises that come out of our mouths, if any, during sex are usually the, the ones that we, they're, they're mimicked, they're mimicked. Now what we perceive to sound sexy, you know, usually learned through porn or through films, right? And this is yet another way of faking and not truly accessing the and expressing the truth that is really within you. And when you harness the energy of your cervix space, you will access these deeper parts of yourself. And it doesn't sound pretty by the conditioning that you may have received. Well, definitely not the conditioning that I have received, right? <laughs> so the noises that get expressed when the deepest parts of your vulva, of your pussy are being activated are guttural. They are deep, they are raw, they are unapologetic. It's not, ah, right from here, you can hear it, right? It's like, oh, it's deep, it's within you. Oh, yes, I can feel that running through me. Mm. And when you, like, when you fully allow yourself to let go into your fullest expression, unadulterated pleasure can be accessed. Like orgasms beyond your wildest dreams can occur. You might cry, you might laugh, you might roar, you might find deep fucking rage. But when you allow yourself to express, when you allow yourself to feel and move these feelings through you, this emotion, this energy through you, you can heal layers of yourself that you didn't know even existed. So if you allow yourself to, uh, to practice self-expression, you know, for example, in dearmoring or self-pleasure or sex or even just setting a boundary with somebody right it intrinsically weaves into your confidence that you'll have in expressing yourself in all aspects of your life and everything that isn't real just burns away and you are left in your raw and authentic truth you know for me some of my greatest sexual experiences have been when I've, <clears throat> I've been held in a space that safety comes from within, and that's something that I really, I really hold the space for people to to understand and embody is regulating your nervous system and coming back into this really beautiful, regulated and relaxed and resourced place. It's not about having you know really calm nervous system all the time. We want it to fluctuate with life, right? That's that's what we want, but it's allowing yourself to feel to feel resourced enough that when you're in situations that feel expansive that feel like a little bit of an edge i'm sick of hearing people saying lead into your fucking edge it's driving me insane because it's just spiritual bullshit right no don't like always have to lean into the edge you don't always have to be pushing yourself to the limits all the time actually how can you come back how can you just sit back like that you were saying about how you're in this very neutral space and actually sometimes that can be really underrated mm. being in a space of like hey mm -hmm. i feel cool I feel good. Like that's amazing too. And I feel like that's so underrated because we we live in a, a world where 
you know, we value logic over feeling, rigidity over fluidity, mind over body. It's always about ascension, 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 always. How can we be bigger? How can we be better? How can we have big, bigger orgasms? How can we make more money? Like sexuality and spirituality doesn't escape this. But actually coming back to this really beautiful place of neutrality is, is so deeply healing. And actually for, for somebody like myself who's experienced trauma and I've grown up with narcissistic parents, coming to a space that feels very neutral is a fucking edge for me. That feels really scary. So it's it's beautiful to, to be able to dance with this nuance of life and everything that, that kind of comes up with it. But, you know, for me, some of my greatest sexual experiences have happened when I've been in a space where I felt I felt safe and I felt held. Mm. You know, on one particular occasion, <clears throat> my lover was penetrating me so deeply that this rage began to, like, bubble up in me. And instead of suppressing it and pushing it down, I really allowed myself to fully embody it. And I breathed and I felt it and I toned it with my voice. So toning is using expressions like, Ooh, ah, mm. and they're really beautiful, especially to allow yourself to come back into your body, into your embodied experience, the present moment, right? Your greatest orgasm is not going to happen while you're thinking about your fucking to-do list or what you're making for dinner. It's not going to happen. But in those moments where you notice that your mind is wandering, you can actually use the toning to bring you back into your body. It's so simple, yet it's so effective. These things don't need to be difficult. They don't have to be fucking groundbreaking. It can be an internal revolution just to slow the fuck down and breathe. Mm. So the tears literally like in that moment just began to run down my face and I just hit and I screamed and I just breathed into this pillow. And beneath the rage, there were just tears so many tears and beyond the tears came a big rolling orgasm and it's in that experience that by allowing myself to let go into the emotion by placing my conscious awareness into toning into breathing and using you know emotional release tools i was able to release some of the armor that was built up deep within my vagina you know and usually when we release armor the blood flow um, to the sexual tissues can increase tension spots are released and the pathways open up for you know psychological physical and emotional healing to really occur and that's dearming for me being so numb within my my vagina from sexual trauma and from having the loop therapy um, really has allowed me to dearming has allowed me to focus uh, on releasing these sexual blockages, eliminating numbness and pain. It's really actually supported me with um, UTIs and things like that. And literally with dearming, you can apply pressure through massaging and breathing into a point of tension and numbness or you know, any, any feeling of general discomfort or uncomfortability within your vagina. And then once you, you've become dearmored, your body is you're really able to experience increased pleasure, wetness. And if you aren't already experiencing internal orgasms and essentially like what I desire for every fucking person on this planet is to access the pleasure that you are truly capable of. 
your yoni is, is highly sensitive and can hold on to so many experiences, everything, your body. I don't know if anyone's ever written, um, any written, ever read that the body keeps score, but it is, I didn't read it for such a long time because I was like, oh, it's one of those spiritual books. It's all fucking hyped up. But honestly, it is exceptional. So <clears throat> I highly, highly recommend it. But the life experiences can become held in your body. And they can also go on to, you know, play onto the function and, and, and malfunction of your body here later. For me, I used to have a brush, cystitis every single month, painful bleeds, you know, all of these other things as well. <clears throat> and I really believe from my own journey, everything that I share here and, and everywhere online and life, whatever it might be, comes from an embodied place. So I have experienced this myself and that's why I can, I can share about it in integrity. It may not work for you. Everybody is different. Every body is different and that's okay. And, and it's really about massively unlearning and unraveling, but also finding what works for you. And I really feel like if you're listening, then you need to hear this today for whatever reason that might be, because that's just the beauty of life and the, and the way that the way in which it plays out, but you know, suppressed anger, shame, guilt, or sadness, they can all congregate in your vulva, in your vagina, in your cervix space, in your womb space. And for me, I, I massively work on you reclaiming, you know, soulful sexuality in that it is so much more than just having an orgasm. But you know, when these these energies are stuck here, it can significantly limit your pleasure potential. And your body literally is the portal to pleasure. And these negative experiences, these blockages, these energy can include, you know, pain during sex. Um, you know, they can, these experiences can come from, you know, negative cultural messaging, sex before we're ready. How many times do you hold your, your yoni and your heart before you, you know, enter a tampon, a moon cup, fingers showing self-pleasure, a partner, right? It could even be things like unwanted, unwanted comments or experiences or abuse, but it's through the diarma and it's through these embodied practices that really support your body to let go. And it's, and it's in this letting go that you can open up the whole body's energetic pathways, which will lead you to really allow you to tap into your pussy and her power allowing it to really pulse through you again freely right and and for this you know on like a more anatomical level for those who like a like a science geek I love a bit of science <laughs> you know like the the throat and the cervix are linked and that's why the, what I'm talking about is so important and so powerful you know your pelvis and your jaw your yoni in your mouth, your larynx and your uterus, your womb spit, your throat, like not only physically, but energetically as well. And your vocal cords and your pelvic diaphragm, people usually call it a pelvic floor, but the body doesn't have floors. So I like to call it the pelvic diaphragm. And when we, when you were conceived, your, your yoni and your mouth were one, and they're still physically connected via the vagus nerve. And the structure of your jaw and your pelvis, they have similar tendons and muscles and tissues. And depending on where you are listening to this, I highly recommend just taking your finger and putting it inside your mouth. And the tissues that are inside your mouth are very similar to the ones that are inside of your vagina. 
and again, starting to connect, you know, with massaging, if you massage your jaw, your pelvis will relax, which is something that I love to do personally when I'm on my bleed, and it makes it a really beautiful practice just to really soften. And when you start to use your voice, you start to open up your yoni and you're able to move that stuck and stagnant energy. And you're awakening what is really ready to, to come to the surface and be felt. And you're processing trauma. And I believe that all Volvo owners experience trauma in their yoni in their lifetimes and hold ancestral trauma here too. And it's not about, you know, there's no big T, little T when it comes to trauma. It's all real. It's all valid. It's all worthy of love. But this is why it's the key pillars, you know, of my work with empowered sexuality is, is safety, it's consent, it's boundaries. And when you start to use your voice, especially with, you know, movement and touch and breath and sound, a lot can come up to be witnessed sadness liberation lightness empowerment frustration the full like spectrum of your humanness comes to light and a lot of rage a lot of rage comes up i know that you two have this beautiful fucking roaring feminine fire that i fucking love like it's what i love about you two right and it's it's really you know allowing yourself to feel that rage and rage is a secondary emotion and usually meaning that there's emotion underneath it and rage equates to the element of fire <clears throat> so it's incredible at setting boundaries and reclaiming your power and burning anything that is no longer in alignment but being a secondary emotion the, the emotion that it usually is covering is is grief mm. and the grief equates to the energy of water and water allows for purification so when the emotions get stuck and stagnant in the body, what occurs? Armor. Mm. So it's through the sacred waters, through your tears, that you are able to open up the, the stuck and the stagnant pathways to really support your, your life force energy, your creative energy. That's your sexual energy, allowing it to flow freely through you, through the rivers of your body, so by using your voice, like you are changing the world by getting to know your vulva and your womb space, you are changing the world, like internally and externally. And when you do this work, you really are like unlocking and reprogramming and rewriting the past and the present and the future, not only for you, but for all vulva owners, past, present and future. So that's why I really encourage everyone <laughs> if you even take anything on from my little rant today <laughs> make sound during sex <laughs> amen to that <laughs> i do have a question for you one a yeah. big one from what everything you were saying so i seem to feel that not just for myself but for many women i've worked with and clients i've worked with shame is the biggest barrier to all mm. of this you've mentioned it quite a few times mm. and i suspect that lots of people listening to this will be almost feeling shame because you i mean what i love about you is that you say exactly what's on your mind you use a vocabulary that's on your mind and you know you can really be quite triggering for some people and i love that because it's like you're like fuck this i'm not you know like you're talking about expressing yourself and everything and i think it's it's what you do is incredible 
but going back to this feeling of shame so what would you say to anyone listening today who is just like but I can't I'm so ashamed of my body like you know even like for example I'm ashamed of my voice I'm ashamed of my opinions I'm ashamed of my body this dearmoring oh my god does that mean I need to like touch myself and you know because I feel a lot of us you know really are starting at that point and it makes me really angry right because this whole shame thing is like the biggest way to keep like huge like a vast amount of a population just you know completely oppressed like that's like shaking their head I'm, I'm like, like but because it's, it's so true, true. It's, it's so, 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 so true. true and the problem is even when people are saying well why don't we try this why don't you know let's try that we are so ashamed that we still stop ourselves right and we're like oh my god that feels I'm so ashamed of my body I'm so ashamed of my voice my opinions so yeah curious to hear what you have to say around shame and also for people who are listening and go yeah that is my biggest block what 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 do you advise people where can we start what can we do really curious to hear your thoughts on shame Mm, yeah it's such a big one to like unpack and I don't know if I have enough time today but we're gonna we're gonna roll there maybe we need a season just for that we do we do, we do. maybe we could do like a, a today we do whistle stop tour or shame and then next time we'll do a 20 part series on thing how about that yeah so <clears throat> shame Oof. first of all it comes from a sexual shadow so I like to say that, you know, sexual shadows are like opinions. Everybody's got one. <laughs> so in those moments when you feel the, the shame in your body, just gently closing down your eyes and just noticing like where you feel it in your body and what, what is it bringing up for you? What are the emotions that are here what are the stories that are here for you because that's what they are it's mostly through conditioning through the media through society through religion through families you know even if you've been brought up in a pretty liberal household the chances are you you still experience sexual shame especially sexual shame and shame in general but if we're talking about just sexual shame mm. And it just always makes me laugh because <laughs> sexual energy is so taboo. Like no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to talk about having orgasms or, you know, pleasure. It's, you know, for some it's sinful. But I just want to remind everyone that's listening, like that's how you came into the world. Every single person on this planet came into the world through sexual energy right? It is the same energy that moves the planets, that spins the planets, that moves the ocean's tides, that allows the, the trees to drop their leaves for a flower to blossom. That is the energy that you hold within you, within your body, between your legs, like that is not something to fucking be shameful of. That is something to be honored and celebrated. Mm. It comes it comes from so long ago. You know, goddess culture was about 5,000 years ago. And that's really when women were revered and celebrated and honored for all that they are, going off to the red tents and being leaders of the tribes. And it was very much with the Vikings started to come over with raping and pillaging and and 
you know, taking over, that's really when goddess culture started to, to diminish. And it really was, with, especially with the patriarchy, was that a woman who is, who is tapped in to her sexual energy, who is awakened. And when I mean awaken, I don't mean a spiritual ascension. I mean turned in and turned on, right? When you are tapped in, when you're in tune with your body and you are in flow and in, in connection with your sexual energy, there is nothing more powerful in the entire fucking world. Mm-hmm. So how do you control people with fear, with shame? Mm-hmm. there's so much that comes with it but really in those moments when you feel that because it can be triggering right so I really invite you just to to close your eyes and notice where you feel the sensations within your body and just being with that and breathing into that and just being like hey I love you and I'm listening and notice who and what comes forward when you just say these really simple words to yourself because your body is always talking to you, not at you. Mm-hmm. And this is something that can I can promise you can be rewritten. Just because you experience shame or, or guilt or pain or numbness or whatever, it doesn't mean that that has to be your life forever. You have the power to rewrite your story. It is your fucking birthright to be a multi-dimensional, multi-orgasmic woman, right? And in those moments, you can breathe, for example, if you feel the sexual energy, if you feel, you know, turned on by whatever it may be, also really wanting to start, we'll talk, maybe we can talk about it in a minute, but like pleasure outside of the bedroom, because I feel like that's a really big one. Mm. But if you feel this sexual pleasure in your body um, or this orgasmic energy, orgasmic energy in your body, you can breathe it up from your womb space up into your heart and then exhale breathing out the energy from your heart into the rest of your body so breathing up that sexual energy even if it feels shameful even if it feels dirty or whatever it might be for you right that's totally valid that's okay that's probably more common than not really until I finished in this lifetime (laughs) but breathing that sexual energy up into your heart space and just letting it alchemize and allowing it just to pour through your body and just breathing and connecting with yourself because there's nothing to be fearful of. There's nothing to be afraid of, like connecting to your sexual energy. It gets to be really, there's so many connotations around it that it's it's really big and it's tense and it's all this stuff, but actually like it can be so innocent. How can we come back to this innocence of sexuality, this innocence of of pleasure, allowing yourself to touch yourself, Julieta, back to your question, like how to start to like come into connection with this, especially if you're just starting on the journey, even if you're on your journey, like continue to come back to these practices, but really exploring your body with, with curiosity, always just being really curious. How does this feel? You know, exploring different different types of touch, flicks, pinches, scratches, bites, kneading, right? All over your body, not just your breasts or your vulva, like literally from the tips of your toes all the way up your body to your head. We're full of androgynous zones, right? Behind your knees, behind your ears, your scalps, 
it just there's there's so much your body like I said before is this portal to pleasure so just starting to get to know yourself like what is your authentic pleasure what really does turn you on not what you think you should be doing not what turned you on when you were 18 not what you know what your partner wants or what they teach you in porn because also with porn right like it's not supposed to be educational and empowering and it's usually you know film through the male gaze so it's like I said before it's a lot of unraveling and unlearning so it's just coming back to yourself what turns me on what do I enjoy and starting to bring pleasure outside of having an orgasm you can experience pleasure in the day-to-day you can experience it from the smell of your morning cup of coffee the way in which the sun kisses your bare skin. When you are making breakfast and your favorite song comes on and you just can't help but move, right? Like, oh, those fucking pleasures, those simple pleasures are profound because sexual pleasure starts outside of the bedroom. Everything that you desire, if you desire to experience internal orgasms, multiple orgasms, breast orgasms, nipple orgasms, cervical orgasms, if you want to, you know, explore kink and BDSM, like all of these things are are beautiful. And yes, absolutely. But it's actually the work around this is going to start outside of the bedroom. It's going to be... That's a really important point to make, I think, because something that you mentioned earlier that I know was true for me and probably, and I didn't realize it until quite late on, was actually just a fear of pleasure. You know, like, mm-hmm. yes, I would love to have this like mind blowing orgasms, but actually there's a lot of fear in like, can my body hold that? Can my partner mm-hmm. hold that? What the hell happens if X, Y, and Z? And I think, you know, it's like with anything, it, it can become this like humongous thing. Mm. and actually like okay how can we drill it down to its most basic and essential part like connecting with the food that you like to eat connecting with the song on the radio connecting with like they're things that are kind of it's kind of like um I I can't remember where I used this the other day but I was explaining it to someone or writing it I can't remember and I was like you know it's like being a kid and your mom or your dad or whoever it is that's cooking your meal slips like some parsnips into your mashed potato like you don't realize it because it's nice and creamy and you know maybe there's like loads of butter in there or whatever but you're also getting like whatever it is that you get from a disgusting parsnip I still don't like them I love mashed (laughs) potatoes but you know like I'm more likely to eat them if they're mixed in with the the mashed Mm. potato and it's exactly the same I feel in in this kind of journey because sometimes things can just feel so big and so actually by doing and starting on something that it seems so unrelated can be a way for you to kind of just assimilate whatever you know like assimilate the feeling of pleasure from you know at the end of a really long day like lowering yourself into a beautiful warm bath with some nice oils and some music and a candle burning like that's not necessarily anything sexual but it's a way for you to start to tap into your body and the feeling of pleasure in your body um, because it can feel really overwhelming to, yes, we want to have these like big orgasms and all this pleasure, but it can also feel really overwhelming. Like, how do I get there? The fear and then the shame that comes from not being able to get there. Like it's all, yeah. it's all so linked. Absolutely. So I think it's really important to be able to like, you know, okay, how do we, 
how do we actually make this work accessible mm. drilling it down to its most basic function and mm. just one last thing i want to say before you you go give us your beautiful um yeah j- sort of journey and 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 thoughts is this idea of being numb you mentioned it at the beginning yeah. of the thing of, of the of the chat like your numbness and that's mm. huge and i really feel like you exactly what you said I've even written down you know just like it's pleasure outside the bedroom has to come first Mm -hmm. that's I believe one of the sort of like best ways or most nourishing ways to start slowly undoing that numbness that we're experiencing in our bodies because again Mm -hmm. you go back to shame because you're like well I feel nothing when I touch any part of my body Mm -hmm. you know or especially any kind of sexual organ you know and I love that you're like everything can be pleasurable of course it It is and you're so right but because a lot of us have such a narrow interpretation of what constitutes like a pleasurable sexual experience you may Mm. I don't know like I I, I've shared like I've had conversations with clients or friends before who are like well you know I sort of think I should be self-pleasuring because it leads to a b and c and then when I I go to do it I feel absolutely nothing and I think a there's a lot of shame there but there's also this idea of if we can at least start re- like training our brains to feel pleasure from all sorts of other aspects or other things in life, then, you know, that might be such a beautiful way to start slowly, slowly, slowly coming into the whole idea mm-hmm. of like sensual and sexual pleasure. So I just wanted to say that because you said that yeah. at the beginning, mm-hmm. and I know that for you, that's been you, you're, you know, a, a part of your journey, a huge part of your journey. And mm-hmm. that's why I also really really love your story and everything because you know it's like fuck this is somebody who really was totally numb and now look at you you know like literally <laughs> like <laughs> screaming with pleasure with your morning coffee which I love 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 <laughs> yeah there's there's so much around this but for me like I was basically dead from like the head down for most of my life like I didn't feel anything I didn't feel pleasure in any way and I really want to invite everyone to take an orgasm off of the table take it off right because pleasure equals anything that makes you feel alive Mm. it doesn't mean or or having an orgasm and if you limit pleasure just to sexual pleasure you are doing yourself a huge injustice you are doing a huge disservice to your body so you only feel safe with what feels familiar so if embodying pleasure does not yet feel familiar, it doesn't yet feel safe. Yeah. And that is a, you can only experience deep levels of pleasure as much as your nervous system is regulated. So really starting to come back into safety. And from that building that, that's the foundation of my work is coming back to that space. And that's why it goes back into inner child work. It goes, the intimacy, literally there is nothing that shines a light that illuminates your shadows more than intimacy and love. Like if, if you want to know where the your deep healing is, but really the work that's here to be done, your karmic lessons in this life, Honey, turn that switch on because it will illuminate it all right now. And it gets to be beautiful, right? It gets to be this self-exploration. Stop taking everything so seriously. Like for me, I used to take it so seriously. It doesn't have to be. It can be a lot. Don't get me wrong. It can be a lot. But the irony of sexual healing is that it's not actually very sexual. Yeah. (laughs) 
it's not it's not there's a, a lot of a lot of grief yeah there's a lot of sadness there's a lot of pain um you know there's there's this trauma that's here to be witnessed you know there's there's wounds that are here to be loved and, and there's be... also a lot of lightness as so well. much you know? like so much it doesn't have to be it yes it can be intense but it you know it doesn't have to be this kind of it doesn't always have to hurt it can no. also be like oh I can yeah. heal myself in a way that actually feels nice yeah <laughs> you know? and pleasure like, gets yeah, to be is, gets mm. to be beautiful yeah pleasure is is honestly one of the greatest healers I really genuinely believe that and like I was saying about the safety is that you know when you get into your warm bath when you light that candle you know, when you have that that tea or that coffee or you make your dinner and you you take your first mouthful, you smell that candle, you feel the warmth on your skin, just giving it a little, because then that automatically starts to link pleasure with the sensation that you're feeling in your body with the sound. And that you're able then to translate that into, into the bedroom when you're using your voice, you're like, your body's like, oh, this is pleasurable. Okay, yeah. cool. Right. Okay. And you're able to drop in. And and I also believe that the reason why sexual pleasure or sexual energy is is feared is because when you to really access it like truly unapologetically, you have to be fully present. Yeah. You have to be you know and to be fully present means that you have to feel everything that is there waiting to be felt and in my journey I have had some mind-blowing orgasms I've had no orgasms I've had pain during sex especially with my endo and things like that I've had numbness during sex I've had a lot of tears after sex or not just sex but you know intimacy um and it's really allowing yourself to be fully present, to be in your body, to be with your breath and allow yourself to feel safe enough to soften, surrender and let go. Mm -hmm. And with that comes everything that's there waiting to be felt and to be witnessed. But your pleasure is this, is this elixir that heals you from the inside out. Sexual energy is, will heal you from the inside out. Yeah. There is, um, I'm conscious of time, so I know that I want to switch tacks a little bit, but just want to say one of the things that you mentioned of, you know, like using, using your, your voice in a way that feels kind of just, you know, like, oh, that feels nice. Like, mmm, that's like a really good mouthful of like spaghetti bolognese or whatever, you know, you get to like, mmm. Like actually for me, one of the big things that helped me with becoming more vocal was realizing how vocal I am outside of the bedroom. I hum mm. all the time when I yawn I'm like so expressive like ah and I was doing one exercise and I thought gosh this sound like I was just moving my head and being like oh god that feels so good and then oh, I needed to yawn and I thought gosh that sounds really sexual mm -hmm. oh, who knew so you know like my worries of <gasps> who's gonna hear me like if someone mm. happens to be standing outside my front door listening and they hear this like yawn might also sound like a sexual sound which means that my sexual sound might also sound like a yawn mm. Mm -hmm. such an interesting like way that it's sometimes I feel like it's just getting your getting another perspective 
really. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think there's this definitely, we were talking about the shame before and the, the shame of of being silent or faking orgasms is like, I know for me, when I was much younger, when I was first exploring my body, I was very young when I started to explore my body. I was probably about five. Um, but I used to do it secretly underneath the covers. Like we even self-pleasure as a, uh, within like the womb and things like that, it's like self-soothing, mm-hmm. which it's so natural for us to do, but there's just all of this layering of everything else on top. But actually coming back to that innocence of that's who you are and you you know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know the way, like, yes, you're your greatest teacher. Yes, you are your greatest healer, but you, my love, are your greatest lover. Yeah. I love so, that. Can I just say quickly two things on the pleasure that have come to mind? First of all, my favorite pleasure noise that I make is when I get into a warm, cozy bed. Like, I don't even mm. control it. Like, I do it in winter all the time. I get in and I'm like, mmm. <laughs> it's just the best feeling and then I'm, I'm like oh that was nice I'm gonna do it again you know and then I do like a conscious one because I really enjoy the way it feels in my body but what I wanted to say and this is probably a conversation for another day because it's a whole can of worms is food and pleasure and mm-hmm. especially women and food and pleasure you know mm-hmm. the dieting industry the restrictive eating the orthorexia blah 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 that's also it ties into the shame shame around our bodies but also mm-hmm you know, there's always this thing that pleasurable food leads to a body shape that is not desirable to men, to mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And that I feel is also huge because so many of us have, tr- have blocked off receiving pleasure from food mm-hmm. because we fear it because, you know, like cream or fatty foods or sugary foods, all these things that light up our brains beyond belief, mm-hmm. they are bad mm-hmm. foods in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. This is a whole other conversation and maybe we can yes. get talk about it another day but I really just wanted to get that in here because it's also yeah. a part of this conversation just stick it on the post-it yeah notes. yeah <laughs> yeah we can't I feel like we can't end our chat without talking about this also because it is kind of tied into like what the theme seems to be um at least as as term at least as far as our interviews um are going you made an announcement on your your social media what was it a few weeks ago now that you are stepping back from mm. at least for now from the kind of like one-on-one mentoring coaching space and that was a real like oh because you know as we've spoken about um in the last couple of episodes there is like a certain trajectory that is expected mm. of you once you start working for yourself or like do you know turning your passion into your side hustle into whatever this kind of like okay start then start seeing people, start selling products, start da 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 and then like going up to, as you said, that 10K month and so on and so on. Mm. You have decided, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I just would, I would love to, I'm sure Juliette is also interested as well. Mm. Um, I would just love to hear a little bit like around what, what has made you decide to, because you were very clear. And I mean, it should, if it's not clear to anyone after this episode, I don't know <laughs> where your brain has been, but you are clearly still, passionate about this and you know you said that you will still be educating people on this and everything so where did what was it that made you decide to be like screw this I'm gonna go and do it my own way instead of following the trajectory that's kind of expected oh yeah this has been a really big one to unravel for me personally and for me this year has been the hardest year of my life in 
every single aspect. I mean, absolutely everything that is not longer in alignment from versions of myself to aspects of my relationship to parts of my business to clients has just burnt to the fucking ground. And when I thought that that it was done, I mean, I laugh because I look back and I thought in March, I was like, oh, I'm coming out the other side of a rebirth. And no, <laughs> it's November. And I'm like just slightly resurfacing. But, and it, it's been, it's been, fucking dark it's been deep but it's been delicious and I, I genuinely I would not change it for the world because the woman that is sat here right now like I am so in love with who I am and it's only because of the pain and the darkness that I am the woman I am now but I really noticed there's been lots of lots of moments where I've been doing all the things in inverted commas, little air bunnies for people who aren't watching, <laughs> right? But I wasn't landing these clients or I wasn't feeling satisfied or happy. I mean, my business, I, I've had clients since I literally launched my first ever program about 18 months ago. I've had people in my group program and ever since then, and, you know, and I've been at festival. I've got my own podcast and running retreats. I go on, I, I do, the, you know, the level of success from the outside has been incredible. Bearing in mind, starting a business takes at least two to three years to even make a return. But we live in this world where it's like we all, and I'm guilty of it too, less so now, but definitely before, of this like instant gratification, you know? like a clitoral orgasm, if you will. Like we don't, we don't really want to do like the foreplay of leading up to it. We just want the orgasm, right? So it's, it's really coming back to myself and being like, who am I? Why, what is it that I really desire? Is it 10K months? Or is that what I've been told by my mentors and the online space and friends of mine? Is that what I want? No. Do I want to be charging thousands of pounds for people to work with me? No, that's not an alignment for me. It's been really uh, liberating, to, but scary actually to step back away from the societal norms of how you do things. Yeah. But it's not an alignment for me. I do scholarship spaces. Um, I lowered my pricing. I've decided, like I said, to... I'm taking the rest of this year off to completely prioritize my mental and my physical health. My body has been talking to me very much like in 2019. That's exactly what happened this year to me again. Um, and I'm in the, in the stages now of, of exploring my fertility. That's something actually this week I'm a meeting with the, with the surgeons about. Um, <clears throat> so part of it is, is listening to my body and honoring the fact that I know my boundaries, I know my yes, and I know my no, and I know when things aren't in alignment for me. And I don't always need to know why. Mm -hmm. I don't have to know the answers. I don't have to make logical sense. But the relationship that I have with my body, it's irrelevant, everything else is irrelevant. If it doesn't feel aligned, if it doesn't feel like a yes, and it's not a, a full-bodied fuck yes, it's not, not all decisions have to feel like that. Again, they can be very neutral, you know? They can, they can change, but really giving myself permission to be cyclical, to anchor in my cyclical nature that what was aligned for me 18 months ago, six months ago, three months ago is not aligned for me now and allowing that to fall away 
because really we we don't have any control control is one of my biggest things is that we don't but what it is is about you know when the tide takes you out to sea you can either surrender to it and allow it to take you or you can try and swim against it ultimately you're going out to sea so what how are you going to do this and i've learned through so many lessons in my life especially this year that it always works out how it's supposed to, hmm. right? Always. And that I, I thought, for example, I thought this year in March that um, my partner and I were going to be married. We were moving to LA, all of these things, right? That was not the plan <laughs> whatsoever. Um, we actually got engaged last week, um, which is very, very exciting. I know. Thank you. Um, but again, something that's very interesting is like it, it was a surprise at the time, but it's something that we'd already talked about. And it's just coming back to this humanness, like really embracing my humanness. I'm not shiny. I'm not perfect. I fuck up. I make mistakes. I say the wrong thing. I would never want to intentionally harm anyone or upset anyone or trigger, and that's not my intention whatsoever. But but my intention is to be authentic and honest and real in every moment and giving myself permission to change. Mm. So what I say in one moment may be true in that moment for me, but when I come back to it, perhaps I, I've said things on podcast interviews when, I, when I've listened to that, I've been like, God, I was a bit of a dick. Like, I'm not sure why I said that. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, but that's what I believed at the time. And and that's okay. Like, that's mm. okay. But let's normalize changing your mind. Let's normalize like money. Yes, of course I want to make money. I want to be able to live comfortably. But for me, I would rather live in a simpler way and make less money than to have all of the external things. Because the irony of my healing journey is the more work that I do, the more that I come back to myself, the less that I need. Mm. And that's it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, and that really ties in. Um, obviously, these you haven't heard the other episodes because they haven't come out yet, but the, in, all the themes so far have been around this. Like the other, we spoke to Jess Gatfield the other day. She was exactly the same. You know, it's okay to change your mind and we need to normalize this. Like, I, I, you know, I laugh when you said that, when you're like, oh, I'm such a dick. I know, I look at stuff I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. You know, like even with cyclical living, when I first started it, I was obsessed with it and I was like militant about it. And I was like, no it's your inner winter so you must rest and now I'm yeah. like you need to chill the fuck out if you want to go and run a marathon and you're in a winter because you feel good that's fine you know mm. but obviously having it as a model and but you know I think and we are we move we're ever changing and I love the way that you really you're so true to that and that you know we are really challenging all these things like like you said who am I and what do I really want I think that's another big theme at the moment right we're all questioning that after all these like maybe a few years of really getting swept away with a lot of toxic messaging or whatever kind of messaging you want to call it we're all a bit like oh hang on I don't know if I actually want that oh hang on I don't know if that's really me and I agree mm -hmm. with you so thank you for sharing that because it's just like a yet another echo of things that so many of us have been feeling um mm -hmm. yeah really beautiful thank you but life isn't black and white, right? Mm. It's not this way or that way. My way, the highway. This is right. This is wrong. This is good. This is bad. It's not. 
there is so much nuance in between but we've we've had our humanness taken away from us in like so many ways and it can be in in this girl boss you know industry like cool if that's your truth amazing mm. i don't project my shit onto that if that's your truth great i'm glad i've got you know i've got friends who make almost no money i've got friends who make 100k months it doesn't for me that's irrelevant if that's your truth yeah if that is what you are here to do and that feels in integrity then absolutely like you do you like so interesting because my partner used to say when we first very met he used to be like yeah you do you and I used to be like oh so passive aggressive but that was that was my mother wound coming up on me but we've been working on that very hard for the last three years but but it's true it's like you do you like you do what makes you happy how it makes like how it doesn't matter but it's it's like everything is so polarized at the moment and there's no room for anything else you have to be on this side or the left or like this side the right or the left and it's like actually no you don't but really my invitation if anyone is listening that feels like they want to make a pivot or they're realizing what they've learned from mentors in the coaching industry or or in their business like you know whatever is really coming back to turning off the external noise mm. please Put down your phones, mm -hmm. like number one, like spend more time reading, mm -hmm. listening to podcasts, walking mm -hmm. in nature, having your bare feet on the ground, because that is where like the wisdom connect with your womb. If you want to make decisions, aligns decisions, the only way I make decisions, pretty much, I mean, I'll use my logic, obviously, but most of my decisions are based from my intuition, from my womb space. I am sacral authority in human design, but I will know instantly, and not everybody's like this, everyone's different, but for me, if I'm presented with a question, like a yes, especially yes or no, I know instantly. Mm -hmm. So creating that connection with your body because it is your greatest compass. Everything you seek, like all the answers you want to know, like you know, and they are within you. And that's part of the reason why this this work is so important. I love that. Wise words. The Wise words. Call back to the very beginning where we started, yeah. just deepening that relationship with self and with the body. Yeah. So with everything I think isn't it mm -hmm. it's like who who am I and what do I want mm -hmm. and listening to yeah listening to your instrument your tool to your home to your yeah mm -hmm. wow oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to digest <laughs> there is a lot to digest there thank you so much for all of your wisdom um, I know I, I always listen back to the to the episodes because I usually can't remember everything that's been spoken about what I would also suggest maybe if you've been like, yes, oh my goodness, yes, there's been so much, yes, bookmark this, save it, add it to a playlist, come back to it and listen to it again because there's so many things, yeah. so many things um, that you've touched upon that I think, even if they don't make sense to people now, let's say if, you know, someone's listening, they're right at the beginning of their journey and, you know, maybe they need to hear more around that. How do I connect to myself in a way that doesn't feel shameful? 
you will come back around to the place where actually the messaging about the cervix might be interesting. And so this is going to be definitely, or not going to be, because it's right at the end, unfortunately, but I have a feeling this is one of those episodes where a revisit is going to mm. be in order. Thank you so much for yeah. sharing all You're of so that welcome. knowledge and, and, um, and, and those insights with us. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. It's you know, been a pleasure. You're welcome. I just realized we haven't um we normally when we have interviews uh, at least on season one we were asking people when they tend to feel best in their cycle we didn't do that with Jess because we're not that organized I'm, up, no. I'm sorry but Katie where would you say you tend to feel most empowered most um at, at home, home? Mm, they, they all have like their own superpower they've all got like this and it's different and it's changing <clears throat> For me, at the moment, I would say in my inner winter. Mm. Mm. But that's when I feel, yeah, the most like myself, the most grounded. Mm. And I also want to just, if I may add, that I used to wait for my winter to give myself permission to rest. That was the only time that I used to slow down. But listening to your body, just because, for example, you're ovulating, doesn't mean you have to go spinning doesn't mean you have to feel sexy and all those things so really giving yourself permission to to feel how you feel in in all seasons because really that's that's the the beauty and the power of it agreed love that and love you thank you so much for today I feel we could you could come back here a thousand more times and still never run out of things to say but as a little taste everyone this is Katie Moore she's yes. on Instagram at I am Katie Moore you have yeah. a beautiful website links everything else will be at the bottom one um, just before one more thing before we go is there anything that's coming up that you want to that you want to share with our um with our listeners who people who yeah know you who want to know more like if you've got yeah, absolutely. I'm actually holding a retreat, um, the temple, which is going to be the first to the seventh of April, 2023 in Puglia, Italy. It is going to be seven days of sacred ceremony. So we'll be joining every day for cow ceremony, meditation, embodied movement, breath work. We'll be doing yoga, yoni de-armoring, breast massage, all of these beautiful rituals. It is very much a oh, walking barefoot in the meadow, feeling the sunshine on your skin, embodying pleasure in a guilt-free way kind of journey. If no matter where you are, whether you are just starting out or you're looking to deepen, you know, your, your practice and your healing, there really is something for everybody. And if you feel the call, please, please, please reach out. It is, yeah, there's some incredible women who are already who are already joining and yeah just reach out it's going to be amazing <laughs> i'll add the link to that to the show notes it mm. looks stunning the place yeah can i also say as somebody who has gone to your personal like in 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 person ceremonies like you are such a wonderful space holder like mm -hmm. wow i think the breath work i did with you this summer in brighton was one of the most powerful breath works i've ever ever done and the whole day was just incredible you you really like your energy comes through easily like on screens but in real life it's like next level so highly recommended to anyone because it's wow seven days of that my god <laughs> pussy power Ooh. yeah baby <laughs> oh all right 
right. Well, thank you so much, Katie. It's thank been lovely you, having loves. you here. And um, yeah, we'll see you back here for the next episode. Bye. we hope you enjoyed this episode please help us spread the menstrual cycle love by rating and leaving us a review and sharing this with anyone who you think needs to hear it